0: The pandemic, terrible thing, probably catapulted a lot of a lot of change, um, and and that acceleration is just kind of snowballed, uh, at least for kind of remote work and the future of work, and of course as a consequence of that, the future of housing, um, and it's it's more than just housing, right? It's literally how people live. <laughs>
1: Hey, what's up, you guys? My name is Michael Kraszowski, and welcome to episode 150 of that Remote Life podcast, where we hear from location-independent entrepreneurs and professionals, so you can learn to quit the cubicle and live life on your terms. Today on the podcast, I'm very excited to introduce you to Chris Sarah, the founder of Remote Base, a newsletter focused on helping digital nomads and remote workers find killer Airbnb deals. You can kind of think of remote of remote base like Scotts cheap flights for Airbnbs. And during this interview, Chris shared how he discovered that if you looked in the right places, there were some incredible deals on Airbnb. He told us his top tips for finding and negotiating deals on Airbnb, and we also discussed what the future of hospitality of the hospitality industry looks like in a remote work powered world now before we dive into the interview make sure that you subscribe to my weekly newsletter remote insider which you can do at thatremotelife.com forward slash remote insider it has been called an absolute must for digital nomads by other subscribers and we share some of the most important developments in the areas of remote work the nomad lifestyle technology and much more To give you an example of what you can find in a newsletter in this week's installment and a very fitting uh, to the topic of this interview, we talked about a new type of property investment called rent to earn, in which part of your monthly rent as a renter actually goes towards purchasing control shares of the property. So eventually, you will gather enough shares that you can actually dictate dictate important parts of living at that property, like the rental cost, for example, which makes this a very democratic and fair version of renting property. And it's something that will be very, very useful to digital nomads who want to have a home base uh, by reducing the cost of rent and allowing you to own property yet still retain your mobility. We also talked about Elon Musk and at Lazy and CEO Scott Farquhar's Twitter spat over remote work and we shared a Harvard Business Review summary and comparison of all the digital nomad visas currently available plus much much more. So if these topics sound interesting to you then head over to thatremotelife.com forward slash remote insider and subscribe. But all right you guys without further ado let's dive into Today's interview with Chris Sarah from RemoteBase. All right, Chris, welcome to the podcast, man. I am so excited to have you here. Yeah, thank you very much for
0: having me. I'm also very excited to be here. This is very cool.
1: Yeah, well, so we connected on on Twitter, and I w- I'm so excited about your business because it's something that makes so much sense to me, and I can't believe that it's not something that's been around before. So I'm curious, like first of all what is your business let people know uh what that is and what the the deal is there but also like how did you come up with that idea and and, and you know what made you want to start this business in the first place
0: yeah sure um so the business is called uh, remote base it's the remote base newsletter um so we send uh, we send one email every month we might make that two uh as part of the free the free newsletter and basically we just find all of the best accommodation deals for digital nomads or anybody who wants to stay for like the medium the medium or long term uh 1 to 3 months uh, and we share those with you we we go and do the hard work because uh when you can be anywhere it's sometimes quite difficult to to pick a place or to find a place that's right uh, so we kind of do all that and then share them with you up front all you have to do is book them if you if you like them um, so that's what the business is,
1: and and how did you get the idea for that? Because when when I hear you describe remote base, I'm immediately thinking like, oh, like Scott's cheap flights, right? And which which I love. I'm a member of. Like I'm a. I, I love all their deals that come out. Was that an inspiration for you to to start with, or was it something else? Uh, a little bit of both.
0: Um, so that definitely came into it in terms of like the business model, um, but the the key moment for me was like i i'd just come out of a period where i was traveling with my girlfriend and we were moving around quite a lot like maybe being in one place for two weeks and after about a year we realized okay this is quite like heavy (laughs) this is quite hard Like we would like to be here for longer we'd like to stay and just enjoy a place and see more of it and get a bit more in it um so we started to stay for for slightly longer and as i found these deals um you know, at, on an Airbnb, a, a host can, can discount. It's their business, right? So they're at their discretion. They can discount however much they like, and there are some insane deals. Insane, like sixty, seventy, eighty percent off. Uh, and it was only when I started to find those kind of deals for for us, uh, for 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 myself and and for my girlfriend to to live in, um, yeah. After a few times doing that, I realized, hey, maybe other people. Like I, there were so many that I couldn't go, I couldn't be in 10 places at once. I couldn't stay in 10 different, uh, 10 different Airbnbs at the same time. So yeah, I, I thought surely other people want to know about these, uh, these, these are the kind of deals that the people need to hear about. Um, and then, yeah, at the same time I was getting emails from people like Scott's flight club, uh, Scott's cheap flights. There, there's a, there's a, another UK version, UK based version of that called, uh, called Jack's flight club. Um, which I'd been a member of for a long time. Uh, so yeah, the, the kind of worlds collided, uh, and I thought, hmm, let's get these deals out to people.
1: <laughs> so what constitutes a good deal, right? Because people here on Airbnb, you have the monthly discounts, and that's quite common. Like I know a lot of people like to stay in a place for a month or more in order to get that monthly deal, right? But like you said, it's up to the host's discretion how big that uh you know percent off is so what do you constitute as a good deal like do you have some sort of thing where all the deals are going to be at least 30 percent off or like how do you think about that like what in your mind is a deal that's good enough for you to share
0: yeah that's a good question um you're you've gone almost exactly to where my head is which is around about 30 percent is is what should constitute uh, that's kind of like the floor for for me um, which sucks because sometimes you find something and it's really really good and it's like twenty nine percent and uh, yeah you you make a call on it but uh, you know ninety nine percent of what I share is is thirty percent off or more um, and there are other factors too right like I look at a lot of data points around what the average price is for the for an equivalent listing uh, and you can do that. You can do that to some extent just by looking uh, at airbnb but airbnb only shows you what's available um and so to really understand that you have to be able to look at what what's there but isn't available for you to see um and yeah and there's other stuff as well right like when people say there's two bedrooms but really one of those is a sofa bed which you're probably not going to use for if you're there for a month like there are all of these things as well that you need to take into account so i go for minimum 30 percent and then kind of sense check on a bunch of other stuff as well
1: and are you looking for because we keep mentioning airbnb but obviously airbnb is not the only place where you can find like bookings and i think one of the tough things is for example we really only use airbnb and then just recently we've started really booking places on facebook marketplace especially now as we're staying longer in places and we can kind of use that month to month local rates or, or midterm rates or whatever it may be. So we started using Facebook marketplace a lot, but I know that those are only two of a very, very huge list of places where you can find uh listings. So are you looking across all of those and finding the best deals for locations across those, or are you specifically focused just on Airbnb?
0: So this is a great question. Like historically everything has been focused on Airbnb and that's primarily because you know the business was born out of my my journey uh, searching for places to stay and, and you know and living this life um, but that isn't that isn't the way that everybody lives this life and it's not always the the correct way to live it um, sometimes you know I, I regularly speak with people and and uh, find out about instances where people will kind of choose to do three months in like a community co-living because they they're really like into people and and feeling sociable but then they want some private space and they want to be a bit more kind of by themselves so they they find private accommodation they go to airbnb or or vrbo or something else um so it yeah i guess what i'm saying is i completely hear you like there is a massive spectrum and and what's offered varies a lot historically we've looked at airbnb but uh, there's more and more cause now for me to look outside of that so um it's not live yet, but maybe by the time this podcast is out, um, the, uh, maybe by the time this is live, uh, yeah, there'll be, there'll be something, something, there's something coming, uh, is what I'll say, um, which will serve as, uh, a voice of reason. Okay. Uh, a voice of reason for people looking for, looking to understand what's available across that spectrum, because there are a lot of like new booking platforms and new uh, independent co-living spaces that that are popping up all the time, especially after we just had like we just had COVID uh, that, you know, we just had this pandemic where now lots of more, lots more people are working remotely. They're choosing to travel. Uh, and so it's kind of, it's kind of uh, open season for all of these platforms and all of these new providers. And they all, rightly so, they all want to promote their own offering. And I think that's great. But it, it makes it a lot harder for everybody on the other side who's trying to pick between the the different options. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm hoping to kind of uh, add a bit more kind of clarity to all of the different things that are available and help you make the best decision that you can possibly make because it's a really important decision, right? Like where you choose to be, uh, how how you choose to spend your time is actually super super important. A lot of people I think sometimes struggle because they struggle with the lifestyle and it's, it's partly because of a a place that they were, or, you know, being in a place that they maybe didn't enjoy for too long. And and you can get in your, it's easy to get in your own head about that. Uh, So yeah, it's important. It's an important decision.
1: Yeah. And I think like, you know, one of the tough things is obviously when you start living as a quote unquote digital nomad, you end up having to make a lot more decisions in life and uh, one of those, and you can kind of get that like what you were kind of alluding to is this decision fatigue, right? Like every two weeks, three weeks, you know, month, two months, however, uh, however long you decide to stay in a space, you all of a sudden then have to make a decision of like, A, where am I going next? And then B, where am I living, right? What's the place that I want to live in? And that can definitely weigh on you. Uh, And unfortunately, I think there's kind of like a good side and a bad side to this where I think we're entering this wild, wild west almost of living at the moment because the way in which we live life is shifting so dramatically, so quickly post-COVID, like you mentioned, that now a lot more people are remote. A lot more people are saying like, oh, well, maybe I can go spend two months in Europe. And then that's affecting the way that we think of housing. And there's all of these new... Ways of actually living in a place popping up. I just had uh, Mark and Guy on the podcast, who are experts in co living, and they were talking about all the different co living opportunities. And, you know, there's different types of co living, and what is right for this person, and what's right for that person. And these are all things that we're kind of like still have no really quite, like, we almost have like no way of indexing all these options. And so I I think you're right on the money with that, that there's needs to be some way to almost pull all of that information in and say, Hey, here's, here's what to look for. This is for you or, uh, you know, so on and and so forth. What do you look for? I mean, when you're looking at a great deal, yes, the price is important, but are you looking for any other sort of like, quote unquote, amenities that these places have um, in order to make sure they'd be a good place for a worker? Or are you kind of letting people figure that out on their own? Hmm. Yeah, there's a there's a classic caveat, right, which is like, uh, you know, if
0: you <laughs> if you do any kind of reading around uh like finance or investments it's like this is not investment advice or like this is not tax advice and there's definitely a part of part of the there's a there's there's a disclaimer right which is like i'm going to curate the best to the best of my ability uh but please you know please go and look at the listing don't just don't just blindly book it go and look go and check it out um check out the listing page but no i do i try to do as much due diligence as i possibly can like we talked about the the bedroom thing and, and making sure that there's enough bedrooms, or it is basically it is as it is described. Um, I've seen really really crazy stuff, right? Where a host will put something on Airbnb, and then you look at the pictures, and it's like I can see that they've moved furniture around the place to to like take take more pictures and make it look like there's a there's a room when there's not a room, or there's like you know you put eight eight chairs around a table that can only fit four people at it, and it's like it doesn't it doesn't really work. Um, so. I try to do as much kind of detective work <laughs> as possible um but yeah the the key kind of filters before we get to like the really uh the, the real detective work the really basic filters are like has it got a kitchen uh, has it got laundry facilities and has it got i mean wi-fi is wi-fi is classic but um has it got a a, a dedicated workspace or somewhere where you can actually mm. sit down and do some work if you need to um of course a lot of people will choose to um have a look at co-living sorry a a co-working space um or work from cafes or a library or something like that um but it's important right that i think i think i think it's important that some there is somewhere available for you to for you to do that at home if uh, at home um if if you need to um so i look at that i also try to look at location so the actual location within the city um there is a there's a premium version of the newsletter where people can set preferences so they can actually tell me like I really like being in a city or I only want to see stuff that is kind of like more rural and where the, where there's kind of access to nature um and so that yeah, there's a spectrum there but i'm I'm always looking <clears throat> specifically you know if it's somewhere in a city is it is it really in the city um is it kind of walking distance or like within kind of a ten minute radius of of where you might want to be if you like cities um, or is it uh, is it listed as being in the city but it's actually half an hour away You're like you need a car all this other stuff um, because I think that also plays into the
1: decision making process right and just out of my own personal curiosity so this is all structured as a newsletter so a like I said personal curiosity here but I also think this would be interesting to people what are you using to send out that newsletter right? Like what tool do you use to do that? And B, when you're talking about like, you know, people being able to to tell you, Oh, I'd rather be in the city versus being out in nature. Is that like a separate like tag that you have on those people so that you can segment the different emails to the people who like that sort of thing?
0: Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so I use MailChimp. Um, and you know, when I, when I launched the newsletter, uh, a few years ago now, about three years ago, Um, By the time this goes out, um, it was a, you know, it was a, it was a project. It was something, something fun for me to do. And I I didn't really do a lot of um, investigating on the best email platforms. Um, I might have chosen something else, but I, I didn't. Uh, I, I kind of went for the, the brand that I think is almost unanimously, uh, held in uh, like the, the top of the, the top of the charts for, for email service, uh, email services. So I chose MailChimp and, um, I don't mind it. Sometimes I speak to people and people say, oh no, I, oh, MailChimp. Um, but actually it's, I don't think it's so bad. I've not had any major issues with it. Probably the the thing that I not struggle with, but the thing that I think could be a little bit better about it is just some of the UX. Um, it's pretty powerful. Um, it can do a lot of the segmentation stuff, like the stuff that you're talking, asking about here with, with the tagging features. Um, so yeah, you can like run surveys through MailChimp and it'll auto tag people based on their responses. So when somebody jumps in and says, Hey, I want to be a premium member. Like I want to tell you my budget and I want to tell you that I like to be at the beach. Uh, and I, I need to tell you that I only I can't go anywhere with less than two bedrooms because I have a kid or whatever. Um, they just put it in, it, you know, the minute that you sign up for that, it's, you pay through Stripe it, and then it automatically sends you a survey to say, cool, tell me what you need. Um, and then MailChimp tags you up. And at that point you are ready to go. Um, you receive every single deal that we find that fits that criteria. Um, so yeah, it's, it's pretty seamless.
1: And what has it been like, the best way that you've found to grow the newsletter right because people need to uh, hear about it and sign up for it and and you know not just subscribe but then also become paying subscribers so what has been the best you know we, when you can think about the three years that you've been doing this like you mentioned like what has been the like the, the best way of growing that of, of getting more subscribers
0: yeah it's a good question um it kind of it's changed for me over that time like when i first started it was like i said right this was more of a project it was just something like i had a day job i was it it wasn't uh it was free i was just doing this thing for free once a month like it'll be fun it'll help people people need to see these these deals because i can't stay in them um and so at that point i was kind of just talking to people about it and you know there were a lot of quite active uh, slack communities um I, you know this is like maybe before Microsoft Teams, certainly before like the rise in popularity of things like Discord or or Telegram. Um, So yeah, like-
1: And these Slack communities were for Airbnb deals?
0: These were like Slack communities for, so they were like run by, one of them was run by a remote working job board. Um, So they just like, they had the Slack community. It was like, all you guys are working remotely. It was like a a value add service for them, right? It's like, we're going to help you find a job, but we also know that you're remote. So let's give you a space to chat. Um, and so I was active in there and, uh, yeah, there there was a few different ones. Some of them were like location based. So it's like, you know, the London, uh, London startup Slack community or all these different ones. Um, and so I just kind of, and you were just sharing deals in there. I was sharing the fact that I had had this newsletter and like, you know, you guys should sign up if you, if you're into this, I understand it's not for everyone. Uh, some people are like remote home, home home-based remote only, you know, um, so, yeah, and it wasn't I just kind of shared it. I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna do this thing. maybe you're interested um and that was really how it took off like I within like a day, like nearly two hundred people had signed up, and I was like, "This is just from some slack communities like this is this is pretty wild um and then since then, I kind of experimented with like blogging and a bit of content marketing, which I like I've trying very very aggressively to avoid getting on this content treadmill (laughs) um because i yeah i feel like it's a treadmill that gets faster and faster and more and more platforms (laughs) keep coming onto it so it's just difficult i think um yeah just basically being vocal about it sharing it wherever i can not not really trying to be too salesy with it like it's either something that people will value or they won't and i get that like there's no point in me trying to tell you to love this thing and join up if like you're a teacher and you have to go to this school every day like it makes no sense mm-hmm. so it feel like it's it's a fairly easy conversation whenever people find out about it they're either interested or or not um so that makes it makes it fairly easy from from my point of view i think podcasts help uh, i've done a handful of podcasts um you know these these things are great you have a you have a great audience um and that's not surprising because you have a very soft voice um, and you're a great interviewer. So um, yeah, <laughs> you, you know, these things, I think these things are helpful too.
1: What is a, I'm, you know, I'm sure you get asked this question all the time, but I'm, I'm, I'm very curious what is in your years of doing this, what has been like the standout best deal that you've found, whether because it was like super cheap or because, you know, it was just like, I can't believe this place exists and is listed on Airbnb. Like what is the, what is the listing that jumps out at you as the, as the best one?
0: There's, there's more than one, I think for different reasons, like some, so sometimes, you know, sometimes you get a deal because a really reputable host, like a host that has like 50 listings, they get a new listing and that listing has no reviews. So the way that they kind of make it, um, make it stand out is to like, dramatically reduce the price and it's almost like there's no risk right because you can see that they have really good reviews on all of the other listings um and they're kind of like they're quite common um they come up a lot but there are sometimes you get like a glitch price so um airbnb offers like a some kind of smart pricing algorithm for their hosts and i'm i think this is this is this is how this comes about but sometimes you will see a listing with like 99 percent discount or i've seen listings where they come up and they say like zero euros like zero dollars to book this place um and then you click into it and it's like well there's a service fee but the actual accommodation price is zero uh so you can kind of you could book it and just pay the pay the service fee they are more common than i think people would think they come up they come up uh yeah, they, they come up, uh, hand, we get a handful of those every month that we find where we just think, oh, this is crazy. Like, I'm pretty sure that if you book those, that the host cancels it. <laughs> um, but I like to think that when they come up and the host cancels it, like you're in the inbox, then you're in communication with the host and you can kind of leverage that to, to book something at a really, really yeah. good price, a price that probably you wouldn't get otherwise. Um, so they're crazy. I also think that some of, the cra- some of the crazier deals are the ones that are still expensive um, so yeah sometimes you might want a deal because you don't you have a tight budget uh, and sometimes you might just want a deal because you want something really nice but you don't really want to pay a lot of money for it so yeah sometimes you can get like whole whole apartments like whole villas maybe like seven eight ten bedrooms and you get those really dramatically reduced. Um, and they're fun if, obviously if you do like a work trip with, with some people, um, or maybe you book it, maybe you have a small business and and you just want to book and take the team away. They're really cool for that. Or, you know, just go with friends, family, you choose.
1: Have you, have you ever had uh, a company reach out to you specifically for that reason? Like they're saying, you know, like, Hey, we want to do an in-person retreat for our company, help us find like a really great deal on a place. Has that ever happened? because you mentioned that as like an example and I'm curious you know with remote work being as popular as it is and one of the parts of remote work that I mean I don't know if everyone has figured out but I certainly a lot of the heads of remote that I speak with that's a really big focus is like yes we're remote but let's bring people in from time to time so I'm just curious if you've had people that have reached out for that
0: I've not had like company uh like company representatives uh reach out to me but I know that people I know that I have subscribers who use it for that purpose Mm. uh, who like they are the person who's like the head of remote or the, the ops director or, or, you know, they're the person making like they call the shots on where the company meeting is, what the budget is, how, how many people are going to be there, how long it's for all the rest of it. Um, And so, yeah, those, those people are, uh, some of those people are in, are in the list and uh, yeah, they, they, they use the, I guess they, they have it, they have, dual purpose right they use it for their personal right. uh, their personal deal finding uh, but yeah they also can use it for the the company retreat or the the next company event yeah they
1: they get to write it off as a business expense <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah we all we all know why you're on this list yeah, yeah i got exactly you. do you have specific locations that you're like that you're looking at because obviously airbnb has lots of listings that's a lot of information for you to index through so are there specific parts of the world that you're looking for that you know like digital nomads or remote workers are going to like for example Chiang Mai or, or Lisbon or some parts of Mexico. Like is that kind of what you're looking for and in, in presenting up or do you just like look for deals anywhere?
0: I try to do a little bit of both. Like some people really want that. Like they want, you know, the the kind of like there's a bit of a checklist, right? It's like you're not really a digital nomad until you've been to Bali or whatever. Um so like some people are really into that. I have an idea of where those hubs are and I'm always there's there's lots of new ones always popping up, right? Like I know you had uh Gonzalo on, on on the pod talking about um everything that's happening in Cape Verde and I'm sure that'll like that's gonna build and that's gonna become something. So yeah, I think I think I i have to be aware of those and I have to kind of keep one eye on them at all times. Um but I also know that some people like they want to take a break from that. Um or they're just totally zoned out like Some people just want to be like in the mountains by the, by a lake, like they want to be away from people. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I tried to balance.
1: Based on your, you know, like, you know, you have your finger in the pulse in terms of where people are looking to book places. Have you noticed like are there places that are that are sort of popping up now that are maybe not as common, right? So, like, we all know about, like, the Chiang Mai's or the Lisbon's or whatever, but are there places now that a lot of people are looking to book at that are maybe not as well known? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There, I think there's, like, a...
0: I don't... <laughs> I'm going to be really careful because I don't want to say that, like, I know where the next big hotspot is going to be. Um, but sure. This is not financial. (laughs) (laughs) Please speak to your own tax advisor. Um, yeah, there's definitely areas where like I see more interest. Um, and I think I like, I look at it differently. Like when I, you know, most people who are traveling around working remotely, living this life, they're going to be, they're going to get, something's going to come up in their feed and they're going to be like, Oh, uh here's this new co-living place in in this country or in this city whatever and very quickly you know you do like a a, within half a second you've decided if you're going to scroll past it or not um and i don't really look at it like that because it's more than a personal thing for me i'm like oh some people are interested in that so like i have to be interested in it um so there's i think i don't know costa rica probably over the last few months has been is one place that is kind of rising in popularity um at least as far as i can tell um the us i think the U- the us in general has had a lot more attention because i think that's in part down to more of the workforce being remote there um i'm
1: but like any specific parts in the us or just anywhere cuz the us is a very big country
0: yeah yeah it is and i think that's another reason why people people can kind of go fully nomadic and live like a a really have like a really broad spectrum of experiences there because it has so Mm -hmm. much there's just so much there um i have found that like texas austin in particular seems to be everyone's favorite place um Mm -hmm. a lot of people have have been talking about that it seems to be getting a lot of attention um i've never been to texas so it's maybe maybe that's me maybe that's why i think it's getting a lot of attention because i'm kind of like part of me personally is still in there like oh i wonder what it's like maybe i need to go um and i think uh even even previously even kind of pre-pandemic um like colorado was was a place that seemed to get a bit a bit of interest um but yeah like and, and and that's because you know i think that's because of the activities that are available there um compared to like yeah. you know the, the the city life it's not like people want to be in New York or San Francisco like they can they can be there with jobs and stay there with jobs they don't have to travel to do that so I think that's maybe part of part of that uh in the U.S. um I'm trying to think about outside like more globally
1: yeah Austin is like one of those cities that have I mean it's been blowing up I feel like people have, are saying like, oh, Austin is like blowing up right now. And like Austin has been blowing up for like a decade, you know? I mean, it's like very much, uh, I think accelerated now post pandemic when people can work remotely and but like go live somewhere else. It's like the weather's nice there. It used to be affordable. I don't think it's that affordable anymore. I actually haven't been to, I've been to Texas to a few places, but I've never been to Austin funny enough. Uh, But there is a lot of benefits there and I think there is also this like um, network effect that happens there where you see it almost like builds up on itself, right? So like especially in the entrepreneurial startup community, you start seeing all these people posting about Austin and then they're there and then they're sharing what's going on and then they're there and their best friend is there and then they're like, okay, well, I'm moving to Austin now too because everyone's there, right? Um, and so there's there's a little bit of that going. And you see that everywhere, right? Like you see that in Lisbon. Like Lisbon's been blown up for a really long time. It's just that now it's like really reached like critical mass. And same thing with Playa del Carmen and all these other places. And it happened in Chiang Mai before and in Bali before that. Um, what do you think are, you know, this is, it's interesting because this has been a topic that's been going on the, on the podcast for the last couple episodes, I feel like. Uh, and I don't think that that's by accident i mean obviously my head is in this place but also i do think this is a very important topic that a lot of people are thinking about what do you think is like the future of like when you think about the next 10 years right of, of where we're headed in terms of uh, hospitality slash co-living slash housing right a lot of people are complaining about airbnb is getting really expensive now to the point where airbnb was actually a very cost-effective way of you know renting something that was more homey but now a lot of airbnbs are more expensive than hotels right so they don't really have that benefit like it's really starting to also affect um the local rental market and it just seems like it's becoming more and more and more expensive what do you like when you look out into the next 10 years of course like you know we're not gonna hold your feet to the fire here and like you know if your predictions don't come true like you know bang on your door but like just your personal opinion in terms of like what do you think the next 10 years of this housing is going to look like? Of this hospitality industry going to look like? Do you foresee Airbnb prices dropping for some reason? Like I'm just curious what what your personal thoughts are on that.
0: Yeah, this is I think you you ask a really important question, right? It's like like you say a theme, a theme of the podcast recently. Um I think that it's I think the question has to be bigger than housing. Um like the question has to be slightly more broad than that right like 10 years ago probably like some of the jobs that exist now uh they you know they they probably no one had even heard of some of the jobs that were available maybe 10 years ago is maybe they were 10 years ago but 15 years ago (laughs) right like um when was the iphone released you know 2007 okay so like this is the kind of um the kind of acceleration that is possible in such a short period and i think that like the pandemic terrible thing probably catapulted a lot of a lot of change um and, and that acceleration has just kind of snowballed uh, at least for kind of remote work and the future of work and of course as a consequence of that the future of housing um and it's it's more than just housing right it's literally how people live i think that one of the biggest things that that's connected to is personal finance and of course you can't really talk about personal finance without talking about like the global economy <laughs> um because it's, it's just literally how people spend money um and so yeah i think i think a lot of it's all really interconnected and Maybe yeah, maybe I'm slightly biased, right? like all of this stuff that all of the stuff that I look at is is tied quite closely to personal finance. It's like probably probably if you if you weren't working and remotely and traveling, housing would probably be your biggest expense um maybe followed by like a car or you know you know transport um I think when my experience at least uh and speaking to other people who 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 live like this like Housing is maybe the second biggest expense after travel. So, you know, the, the, the flight somewhere or the, just the journey to be in a place, um, train, boat, car, whatever, um, that yeah, it's, that's number one followed very closely by housing number two. Um, and that's yeah, there's a link there. Right. But, but it trickles down into everything else. Uh, and so I think how we'll probably see things change over time is this like weird cocktail of catapulted acceleration in those kind of three areas right like technology housing and personal finance and I don't really know what it's going to look like at the end Um, I don't really know where we're going to land in in 10 years but I think that I think that technology and personal finance will will play quite a big part in this whole future of work, future of housing thing that, that everyone's talking about. Um, Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I, for me, when I, I can I can only really additionally add that, like, I really like living this way. (laughs) I love it. Um, And so I'm not really looking for an out. Sometimes people are kind of like, yeah, the nomad thing, like, I'll do that for like two, I'll do that two, three years. And then like, you know, I'll go back quote unquote home or, Find a new, you know they find the next home the, the new home that they're going to be in but for me it's like if I can stay for three months or four months I don't ever feel like I'm you know flashing through cities at hundred miles an hour I just feel like like this is a comfortable pace of life so it doesn't feel like I need to end it uh, and maybe that's that will if other people do that maybe that's what will kind of play into this whole thing of like yeah may, maybe housing becomes a lot more decentralized.
1: Yeah. Like the, the going back that you mentioned, it's never going back to what it was before. Yeah. You usually like, you usually like a lot of the friends that I have that have been doing this for like, you know, six, seven, 10 years, they normally find something where they can like leave their bags, right? Like they, (laughs) where they have their favorite coffee maker or whatever, but it's not the same thing as when they were living in, you know, the same city for years and years. It's like some sort of like, like fused version of you know, like you have your place, but you know, it, you're it. It's not quite the same thing that most people are used to in terms of like rentals. But I think one thing that you kind of like really hit the nail on the head with is that it almost feels, it almost feels like right now, remote work and the pandemic changed a lot of things, and we're trying to solve this housing problem with old technology, right? Kind of like when the smartphone came out and the way that we use the web on the smartphone was through like, you know, it was built for the web and we we're kind of jerry rigging it to be used on the phone. And then we had apps come out, right, that were built for the phone. They were a solution with mobile first in mind. And we're yet to come out with like a remote first housing option and housing solution. It's like, we're trying to like, like solve that problem with like old housing solutions. Right. And, and it hasn't quite become like native to like a remote first world. And it's going to be very interesting. And, and maybe Airbnb are going to be the people who come out with it. Maybe it's somebody who we don't even know of yet. Right. Yeah. Like before, before the iPhone, Nokia was kicking ass and taking names and Nokia is not really <laughs> in the conversation anymore. Uh, so it's going to be very interesting to kind of see what happens with that. and, I mean, I do think that the next 10 years are are going to be bonkers in, in terms of housing because something, something needs to change more and more people are going to be doing it this way. And, and uh, Airbnb isn't necessarily the best way to do it. It's the best at the moment, right? In my opinion, but long-term who knows. Uh, but in, in wrapping up, Chris, uh, this has been a super fun podcast and it's, it's flown by really quickly, but people would crucify me if I, if I don't ask what are your like best tips for finding really good deals? I mean, obviously uh, the best way to do this and to stream to streamline it is to go and, and sign up for re- for remote base. We're going to have the links for that in the show notes. Uh, but, If people wanted to kind of take time, like my, my wife just loves looking at Airbnb stuff. So like, what would be, what would be your best tips for, for anybody listening out there to, to find great deals out there, to, to find really great Airbnbs? Like what are some of your, your top tips for that?
0: Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, like, I don't want to take the fun away from anyone. (laughs) Um, like if, you know, an Airbnb is like that, right? Like it's kind of, it's like YouTube. You can go on there and you can get into like a dark deep dark youtube hole um like three clicks and you're at i don't know a cat on a trampoline or something um airbnb is a bit like that right and you can kind of daydream a little bit so keep doing that if, if uh keep doing it because you will probably stumble on some serious deals uh, i actually have one guy who uh his he's obviously on the newsletter and he's uh, follows me on instagram and he occasionally he like sends me a deal that he's found and i'm like yeah man that's cool keep 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 doing it (laughs) keep doing that um the top tips for me would be like um sometimes people don't know this but the reviews section in airbnb is searchable um so once a place has you know enough reviews um for them to not all be kind of visible on on the main screen uh whether that's browser phone whatever you can tap into those and search those so you know, if you're if you're curious about anything, anything, um, you can you can jump in there and, 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 and tap away like the key one is, is Wi-Fi. Right. So like I'm searching for things like Internet, Wi-Fi, fast, slow, bad, um, things like that, just to see what flags up. Um, but you can also, um, you know, people travel with a dog like, you know, you just got a dog. Maybe you want to travel with the with the little pooch. Um, so, yeah, you can jump in and just put like pet in the searches. Uh, you know that, you know, the host has said that pets are allowed. But like, how do you know how many people had good experience with the, with the pet there? Getting the, get the comment, uh, getting the reviews, dog, pet, like see what see what's up, see what see what people are saying. Um, probably, an, I mean, another really good tip. Uh, there used to be a Chrome extension for, I'll see if I can find the name of it. I don't know if they're still operating because Airbnb... Added a Wi-Fi kind of speed check feature um, so that hosts can verify their Wi-Fi, but I think it's only available in certain regions. Um, there's this other company which has a Chrome extension which, um, like, for on for for looking at this on, on a mass scale, not great. Um, but if you're just looking at like two or three listings a day, trying to decide on the next place, this is really cool. They just they, you know, you sign up with those guys and they do the the heavy lifting. So they check all of the possible uh, databases for like Wi-Fi in this latitude and longitude, like this, this uh, zip code. Mm-hmm. Like they, they figure that out and they give you a, a best estimate. Um, and then the third one is don't be afraid to ask for a discount. Like so many times you might find something that's like just out of budget, like In fact, I actually challenge people, (laughs) I challenge you today, if you're listening to this, find something that is 10% more than what you want to pay. And just ask, just ask if, if they can bring it down, even if it's already discounted, like 5%, 10%, ask for a further reduction and, and be open. Like, you know, if you're, if you have 20 Airbnb reviews from hosts where they say, Oh, you came and you stayed for two months and, and you were a really nice guest. Like you, you treated this place like my, like a home and you left it like a home, you're respectful, whatever five-star review. Um, then message the guy, message the, the, the guy, the girl, the, the host, the company, whatever, and say, Hey, I want to come for two months. Like I'm a really nice guest. If you don't believe me, uh, talk to all these host friends. Cause they'll back me up. Um, how do you feel about offering a discount? Because most, yeah, the these things are businesses for people right like if it's empty they don't get any revenue um even if it's not empty even if they have like three different bookings then they have to pay for for the property to be cleaned and and like fresh sheets and all the rest of it right like that stuff takes time so try to remember that aspect of it when when you're looking and when you're trying to trying to negotiate. And of course the final tip is uh, come to remote base and sign up and uh, I'll see you in your inbox with all of the all of the juicy deals that I'll find.
1: Perfect. And uh, I'm I'm curious, you know, Airbnb just pushed recently an update to the user interface. Mm. What do you think about that new update? It's been a little bit polarizing on the internet in terms of people who like it, people who hate it. There's things that they like about it, there's things that they hate about it. What is your personal? What are your personal thoughts about the new interface that they've set up? And and do you have any sort of like new interface specific tips? Right, because there's quite a few new features that allow you to do. So, is there anything that you found that you really like about it personally, or something that you really dislike about it personally?
0: Um, yeah, I definitely have feels on this. So, like, I actually called it. They call it like they so they do two releases a year, two kind of product updates a year. Um one in summer, one, I think in autumn time, but the summer one is May. So that, that just, uh, just recently came and yeah, I, it's the, they call it the summer 22 update. Um, I kind of called it the digital nomad update because a, a lot of it felt like, uh, they were trying to make more flexible kind of long-term stays a thing, make them more possible. Um, but yeah, you're right. I, like I saw a lot of backlash online too, around like, still not still not enough is kind of what the community said right it's like people people want loyalty schemes they want they want all of this stuff like you know flexible kind of subscription living right like and and some of the co-living spaces uh you know you can do it you can do a a co-living subscription with selena you can do there's this this hotel chain called citizen m and they do uh kind of like a subscription um subscription living with with this chain of hotels and they're super nice they're like technologically enabled right like you control everything with this fancy ipad in the room and stuff like this um cool places and yeah i'm sure we'll move to i'm sure we'll move to like more close competition in in that kind of space but as for that update uh, cause I, I, I went away there, but, um, as for that update, um, I think the interface, my, I think my favorite thing about that interface update is it's more clear that you can like, they made they made it more flexible, but less flexible at the same time. So the whole I'm flexible thing where you say, I want to go anywhere. They have. <laughs> this is an interface change, it's not, I don't think it's like a back-end tech change, but they just made that, they made it more obvious that you can kind of pin that down to be like, mm-hmm. I want to be in the United States, or I want to be in Europe. Um, so they, yeah, you kind of get all of the other flexibility that, that uh, was previously available around dates and, and you know, the, the housing, um, but the, the interface kind of reminds you in a it's a it's good it's good ux it it reminds you that you don't have to go anywhere you can you can kind of be more more restrictive my other pet peeve with that is um you they let you select the months that you are interested in staying so you, you can say i want to come for days weeks or or a month but if you select a month um you can then choose like all of the months that you might want to stay september october november let's say you select those three but it won't show you any multi-month bookings it'll only show you mm. a stay that's available with with one month in september one month in october one month in november so this is something i get all the time right like people will will mail me back and say hey i'm going to uh uh i'm going to be in marseille for three months like wh- where can i stay and i and it's because i think part of it is because it's really easy to find one month but uh, multi-month bookings are more difficult and this is this is something that is that that was part of the driver for me introducing the paid uh, tier for the newsletters because the requests were just coming so thick and fast um, and I wanted to be able to I wanted to be able to get deals that are relevant out there so yeah part of the part of the paid um, the paid membership is, is multi-month bookings either like last minute or much further in the future. So you get a real variety. Um, and that help, help helps, helps with that challenge, I think.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. I think with that, with that Airbnb interface, I understand why people don't like it. Like I de I definitely can understand where they're coming from on that. The one thing that I will say, I appreciate Airbnb doing, and I don't know I don't know if I actually read that they said this is why they did this. I think I did read it somewhere, but I'm not, I'm just not sure on that if I did read it or maybe I imagined them saying this, but it makes kind of sense is that they have allowed this. They've made it easier for you to find places that you maybe didn't know about before. Right. And I think that is a very smart way of tackling over tourism because Everybody knows about this one location, so everyone's looking for places in that one location. So Airbnb has been accused of, like, you know, creating a lot of over tourism, yeah, like, you know, causing a housing like, crisis. Like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly, like making it very very expensive for locals to live there because everybody would rather Airbnb out their apartment than, you know, give it long term to locals. So I feel like they're trying to say like, okay, yeah, sure, you can always search and go to the place that you want to go to, but did you know about these three other places that, you know, are very similar to what you want with the uh, the basis of why you want to go to this uh, original places, but they're not that original place and maybe go there. And I do think that even if it's not the perfect solution, I appreciate the fact that they're trying to do that. Um, because I think that's gonna be better for everyone uh long term. So yeah. uh, I will say that is as a nice benefit of them doing that. But Chris, uh thank you so much for coming to to the podcast. it has been a lot of fun. I've learned a lot. I'm very excited to to jump in there and to check out Remote RemoteBase. Uh, let people know where can they follow you on social media and where can they go uh, and sign up for Remote Base if it sounds like uh, their type of thing.
0: Yeah, for sure. So a couple of different places, like if you want to get me personally, probably the best place would be, uh, I think, LinkedIn um, or just uh, hit me in the inbox. Um, so you can get me really quickly. Uh, the email is chris at um somebody else got dot com so i'm out of that race um i'm gonna stick with dot co uh and yeah and, and of course that you can sign up to the mailing list um and be a be a remote base member um it's really quick all i ask for is your email address because you know a lot, i think a lot of the time people are like i want your name your date of birth your uh, the, the name of your dog Social security like, number. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no no just like just give me your email address and like i'll deliver the goods um and yeah that's at remotebase.co. um super simple so uh, that's the best place to sign up probably uh you know remote base is all over social as well despite the content treadmill thing <laughs> that i was talking about uh you know we're on instagram at remote base um and we're also uh, on twitter as well at remote base co
1: perfect Well, Chris, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. Uh, This has been a ton of fun.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me. And I'll I'll, uh, catch you on the next one. Or as a listener.